It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. This episode, we're talking The Call of the Wild and Richard Jewell, plus all the latest movie and trailer news. Cannot wait. Let's go. So last week, Tim, I saw The Call of the Wild, which is a family-friendly film, adventure flick, and it's an adventure film in every sense of the word. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. It's based on Jack London's adventure story. It's a classic piece of American literature from 1903 about a a big-hearted dog named Buck who's uprooted from his comfortable Californian home and relocated into the harsh wilderness of the Yukon to become a sled dog. And it's from director Chris Standers, who did The Croods. So he hasn't done a lot of other things, but he's very familiar with animation. Right. So he's come from a a fully animated film to a live-action CGI hybrid movie. Yes, But Mm. it's been done so well. Can I just say that right off the bat? What they've done in this film is marry CGI with real photography, which I think has worked so well. So they've used some really traditional filmmaking techniques and married it with a bit of CGI. They haven't gone full CGI, which I think is what made this film really successful because you get films like The Lion King and, you know, we were really sceptical when it comes to animating animals' facial features and expressions. Yes. What they've, what they've done in this film is kept it very true to the expressions that a dog would have, as far as dogs can have expressions. So it wasn't too cartoony then, in your, yes, in your opinion? Yes, exactly right, exactly right. They've gone for a more realistic approach. The dog doesn't have an inner monologue. 
There's no narrative for the dog. It's purely the dog's actions and emotions that are taking you into his journey. And -hmm. although Harrison Ford, who also stars in this, is on the poster, he gets second billing to the dog. It's the dog's story. For real? Wow, that's quite extraordinary. And so to have said that they don't have a voiceover, they don't have narration, the expressions aren't human expressions, to then pull all that off is an extremely impressive feat, in my opinion. Uh So you mentioned The Lion King, which obviously Mm. we have had a lot of, you know, heated discussion about just between you and I, but definitely around the world and with with reviewers and the like. Yeah. Is is this a technique that they used in The Call of the Wild that you would have liked to have seen in The Lion King? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. That would, have, that would have made all the difference. Yeah. As, as I said, they used a hybrid animation approach, which I think was really important. So they've taken traditional filmmaking techniques in that they had someone stand in for the dog. Mm. So the actors weren't acting to, you know, a tennis ball on a stick like they might in other live-action hybrids. They actually had a person there, a Cirque du Soleil performer, or an ex-Cirque du Soleil performer Interesting. Who, who studied the mo- movement of the dogs, who's, you know, an expert in movement. And he stood in with the actors, which gave them perfect timing, the size, the eye placement. And then they blended CGI and photography to make that all work. Wow, that's quite a feat of filmmaking. It is. And also just the story is just a classic story. It's a coming-of-age tale about finding your true place in the world. Hmm. And it's been a hugely popular story for Americans for generations. So this story is taught in schools over in America. Hmm. And it's a real classic that's just endured because it's extremely relatable. It's a very simple story and it has universal elements about, you know, home and loss and finding your place. And it just works regardless of species. And how is Harrison Ford? Well, I had written Harrison Ford off as the gruff, surly prospector in, when we talked about this film previously. <laughs> but actually, his performance was beautiful. It was sublime. Mm. Really, really well done. Yeah, I was very impressed with it. And this movie made me, had me emotional all the way through. I cried yeah. a number of times. Oh, gosh. It's not a children's film. I mean, it, it is. It's a family-friendly film, but it de- you definitely need supervision for younger children because mm. I took my six-year-old niece and she actually cried in some of the darker bits. So oh, gosh. It, it does get quite dark in some bits. Oh, bless. Was she able to understand or be, you know, told later kind of what was happening that can help with her emotion? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, not gonna, it's not going to traumatise them forever, but there are some confronting things that children will kind of get a bit upset about. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, it was, just, it was just done so well. I was so impressed with the story and the technical filmmaking. It was great, great film. And what would you give it out of five? I'm going to give it four. Ooh, that's quite, that's a great number. Yeah, the only thing that would bring it down was maybe the one-note villain, which is played by Dan Stevens. Mm-hmm. He's a guy looking for gold and he's just a little bit twirly moustache kind of <laughs> villain, oh, okay. if that makes sense. And was that not the right sort of tone of villain to have with no, other, all the surrounding narrative? or It was, but it was very hastily thrown in at the end, but you kind of needed mm-hmm. it. I mean, there was a lot of roller coaster of emotions happening in this film, so there was lots of ups and downs and ups and downs, and he was just another sort of down or challenge, but it just felt, yeah, one note, I guess. Right, right. So while you were experiencing Alaska through the Call of the Wild, I was set in Atlanta, Georgia, and I saw Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell last mm-hmm. week, and that stars Paul Walker Hauser, Sam Rockwell, and Kathy Bates. And look, I'll just get straight out there and then I'll give you an idea of 
what the film is about and then why I felt this way. I was incredibly underwhelmed and and I found it really boring, which was really, really upsetting. And I tried to give the film so much more of my time and effort, but it never worked hard enough to grab me. Mm. And so basically the film is based on the real story, which always gets me when it's based on real events or inspired by true events. It's kind of got my attention more so than going in with no real idea of what it's about. So I'm more kind of invested in to know more and to be invited in to delve deeper into the story. Mm. So it's based on the real story of the security guard who is Richard Jewell, and he saved people from the bomb that went off in the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. But it Mm -hmm. turns out that he's vilified and he's the prime suspect positioned as the bomber, in inverted commas, and that is portrayed and pushed by the FBI and definitely by the media, and he's ultimately painted as a terrorist. And so the interesting premise of this is to understand who he is and kind of how that came to be. And I just felt like it really underwhelmed. I think there were a few really big issues with it, I think its pace was really off. Mm -hmm. It didn't really, it never really crescendoed anywhere. It kind of just, just coached on through the story. And Richard was a really interesting man. You know, he, he was quite, I wouldn't say he was the most intelligent man, but he was incredibly passionate. He was there doing the right thing. And he certainly was a, was a lovely, humble, hard worker. And it was really quite harrowing and upsetting to see him being vilified and put in this position and the media taking over, you know, making his life really, really uncomfortable for him and his and his mother. Mm. But the pace had an issue to it straight out of the gate. Like it told through a few scenes a few years before the, the events of 1996. You find out later why that was relevant, but I felt like the, the storytelling, they could have just referenced what his behavior was in earlier life and then just brought it up in conversation with the actors. There was no real point. It was too jarring and quick and it was all a bit weird. Mm. It kind of jumped very quickly right early on in the in the piece, like kind of setting his character. But, you know, look, other performances, I would definitely need to call out Sam Rockwell, who was just fantastic. He's just great in everything though, isn't he? Oh my God. Look, he wasn't too dissimilar to his his three billboards outside Epping, Missouri. Like it was quite mm. playful and he was a bit unhinged and he was a big character. Really the only character in the film that injected some personality, which it, it was like Sam was working a lot harder than the others. What and about Kathy like, Bates? Sorry to interrupt. What about Kathy oh Bates? My, she was nominated for an Oscar. Yes, I was building up to that, but I'm glad that you brought it up because her nomination for Best Supporting Actress at the Academy Awards is one of the most ridiculous things that has ever come out of the Oscars in recent memory Ooh, for me. That's a big she, call. <laughs> look, she was she was good. She didn't blow me away. She was she was great in every scene. And, of course, she had a moment where she cries and gets emotional. Yeah. And I thought, oh, by that point I was like, oh, God, spare me. Like, this is just Oscar bait anyway. And, and I always bring it back to who should have been in that category for mm-hmm. the 2020 Oscars. And the fact that J-Lo was missing for her portrayal <laughs> <laughs> in Hustlers. Yeah. And then, you know, I've seen, I think I've seen most of all the, all the films that where the actresses have been nominated. Mm-hmm. And I always found that she was just a bit random that she was in there. Now that I've seen her performance, I'm like, get out of town. Why was she there? Why she was not better than 
anyone else in that category and she certainly wasn't better than JLo and I just think it highlights the the issues with the politics and the whitewashing of of that award show it just added to my angst about this film sounds like you're really disappointed I was really disappointed I mean it wasn't like she she was not good as as her role as Bobby's Richard's mother Mm. But it wasn't special. It wasn't Oscar worthy. And I think that that left a bitter taste in my mouth once I came out of the cinema. But look, honestly, I think the film at the end suffered from the same poor pacing technique that it opened with, where it just jumped and then just wrapped it all up. And there wasn't really much. I didn't really feel much emotion. And it was a bit off in, in how it portrayed it. I mean, it should have been really exciting. I mean, simply like when Richard has this nightmare and it takes him back to the night that the Mm. bomb went off and I could see they were trying to do something you know what a nightmare should look like and feel and even that was slow and uninteresting and didn't grab me and ended with a a thud of a crescendo and I'm like everything it's trying to achieve thematically is it's just missing the note it's just skipping a beat and it didn't quite get there what do you think Um, this was supposed to be commentary on I think Okay, there was definitely a clear commentary on the media taking over the truth and portraying characters as mm. villains without really understanding the truth behind it. But also, it also highlighted the corruption within law enforcement, within the FBI, where they've got the world looking and breathing down their neck. I mean, it was this explosion went off during the Olympics. They were mm. hosting the biggest event in the world, and they just needed, they just jumped on these false information or these assumptions about Richard Jewell and didn't look elsewhere, didn't use their peripheral vision and assess the situation and the case properly. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And therefore you get this this character who has been painted as a terrorist when he is he's the hero. It's kind of like that dichotomy when you go from a hero to zero mm. in a matter of moments and how that is portrayed and people's perception of you and how it can be completely fueled by misinformation. So I guess that was really clear and upsetting and really disappointing to see. But ultimately, those themes, I felt like they weren't portrayed as effectively as I think Clint Eastwood, as a very talented director, has been able to deliver before. When the film was just like rolling through, I'm thinking, well... The director behind the camera is this 80-something-year-old man. Like, I felt like it was directed by an old man because oh. it, didn't have, it didn't have much much behind it to propel it forward. So, But ultimately, I think I've rattled on about how disappointed I was Richard Jewell. I'm going to give it two popcorn kernels. Ooh, very disappointed. Mm. Two very different films, The Call of the Wild and Richard Jewell. I think we're safe to say you should maybe catch The Call of the Wild. <laughs> Definitely. 
So other new releases that were out on February 21 were The Professor and the Madman, starring Mel Gibson and Sean Penn, which is the story of how a professor and a convicted murderer created the Oxford English Dictionary. What's interesting about this film is Mel Gibson actually sued the studios to not have this film released because he didn't get final say on the cut, on the final cut. Wow, but he wasn't director or anything? No, but he wanted final say on the So it was, it was in a bit of development hell for a little while. Now it's in cinemas. I mean, I'm not surprised by that behaviour. It can be a bit challenging as a creative. Uh, the Rhythm section is also out, and that's starring Blake Lively as a woman out for revenge when her family is killed, and that co-stars Jude Law and Sterling K. Brown. We've also got The Lodge, which is a thriller about a woman trying to bond with her new stepkids, and they get trapped inside a snowed-in lodge, and then creepy things begin to happen. Oh, that just sends shivers down my spine. <laughs> And In My Blood It Runs is a powerful documentary from filmmaker Maya Newell from Gaby Baby fame. And that's about uh, an extraordinary 10-year-old Aboriginal boy from Central Australia who is facing challenges that push him towards becoming another statistic. That's all out at the moment. In news, we've got some big news this week. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so Dexter Fletcher, who was the director of Rocket Man. He is set to direct the remake of Val Kilmer's action film The Saint at Paramount. So that's a 1998, I think, film. So it's, you know, 20-something years ago. Was that film popular enough to remake? I don't know. I think it was a popular 60s or 70s TV series from memory. And then it got the Hollywood treatment in the late 90s. And I think the the plan here is to develop out an action trilogy of sorts. But I don't really have many... um, strong feelings about it but I think Dexter Fletcher is is a brilliant director and I'm keen to see what he brings to the table. It's interesting that he takes on this after the work he's done previously. Well he's kind of done two back-to-back bio musicals with Mm. Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man so maybe he just kind of wants to get his hands dirty and blow some shit up. Yeah maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We've also got Paw Patrol which is also coming from Paramount. It's the popular Nickelodeon kids series is getting the film treatment and it's coming mid next year. Look, I think this will be a massive hit. I oh, mean, kids maybe love not, it. Maybe not sort of the levels of Frozen, but I think you'll definitely see some the pitter patter of feet running into cinema plexes mid next year, that's the, for sure. The pitter patter of paws. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your dog to cinema day. Yeah. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Um, we have. Uh, news from a film called Connected. Now, this is the first look images from the animation about an extraordinary family whose road trip is derailed by a tech uprising or apocalypse. Mm. And that's released on September 17. So it's all about the dangers of being obsessed with your phone. Mm. Yeah, we all know it, but will will it resonate with us? Will we just kind of cast it aside? (laughs) I mean, unless it's as terrifying as, you know, the Netflix Black Mirror series, which, you know, keeps me up at night sometimes. Really? Yeah, it's terrifying. So we have a whole new movie-verse, the Mythoverse. Um, Marvel Studios founding chairman David Maisel has recently created the Mythos Studios with record producer Scooter Braun. Do not like Scooter Braun. They're launching a Mythoverse, though, based on Greek and Roman mythology, beginning with the animation Cupid, which is going to feature the voice of, of Justin Bieber as Cupid. Now, obviously, Scooter Braun and Justin Bieber are known for working together quite closely, so there's no surprises there. But Michael Gracie, who directed The Greatest Showman, has come on board as executive producer, which all points towards this being a musical animation, of course. I mean, this has seemed to have come so left of centre. I don't know why this is even being discussed. It just feels really random. 
you know, I like the idea, and I think there's a lot of material there to mine within the Greek and Roman mythology, but, I don't know, making it really pop culture with Justin Bieber and I, mm. I just, I don't know. I think if you're going to do it half-assed, it's not going to work. Really, I feel a bit odd about the association of Justin Bieber and Cupid. Yeah. It just makes me feel a bit bit strange and mm. I mean he kind of looks like a oh this sounds a bit mean but he kind of looks like a homeless bum at the moment and Cupid's kind of this cute <laughs> character I don't know I'd go with the Jonas brother or Harry Styles or <laughs> something yeah, I'm a, I'll be much more on board then this is just industry nepotism at its worst I think very very good point oh one other piece of news mm. that i read this morning mm-hmm. is that there, there's rumors of a new star wars film and i mean there's mm-hmm. there's a lot that they need to hit reset on and and it's apparently going to be set on the planet of exegol now mm-hmm. there's some star wars the rise of skywalker spoilers here so maybe skip 20 seconds if if you haven't seen that film yet but that was the the sith planet that was introduced in the star wars the rise of skywalker and i feel like they're going to go into that mythos and that those stories and kind of what can happen on that planet or, or the darkness that is inherent there. I personally think it's a bit lazy because that film should have been inbuilt into the context of The Rise of Skywalker, which was a massive part that was missing from that film. It just introduced so many new things that really came out of nowhere mm. and we were just there to expect and take it on board and believe it. Um, so I understand why they might want to explore that world. I think they need to move away from what was introduced in Rise of Skywalker because it didn't sit with so many people. I think they're making a bad decision there, Mm. personally. (laughs) So moving on to trailers. We've got a trailer for The Secret Garden, which is in cinemas April 9, and that's a remake of the classic tale, obviously. It was a very sweet trailer. No no surprises there, really. It's a really beautiful trailer. They really focus in on the grandeur and the wonder and the imagination that this film is going to deliver. Um, probably a, a trailer that gives away a bit much, but I think it's going to really do some amazing things for mm. the feels. <laughs> we also got a trailer for Dream Horse starring Tony Collette with a Welsh accent. It was actually quite good. Well, I was going to say, I'm not an expert on Welsh accents, but it sounded good to me. So Yeah, I mean, she's utterly convincing. And I think it was very strange when watching this trailer to, to hear it, because it's usually American accent, right? She plays a lot of American mm. characters. So it took a while for me to get used to that accent coming out of Tony Collette's mouth, but I was convinced at the end. Mm. This is based on the true story of a struggling mining community who pull together and buy a racehorse, and that's coming at some point this year. I think that's going to be a big feel-good film of the year. Um, We've also got After We Collide, which is a sequel to 2019's film After, and that's based on a young adult novel by Anna Todd, and that's coming this year. This trailer is a mess. I Mm. couldn't tell you what who was who, what was going on. There was a lot of screaming and crying and kissing and shower rubbing. And I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? (laughs) These films are like Fifty Shades of Grey for teenagers, basically. Oh, my God. Fifty Shades of Stop Making These Films. Yeah. The problematic bad boy, the intense love affairs, sexy scenes in the shower. But it's all for, like, the, the older teenage audience. Like, the trailer was only 54 seconds long, and I think 30 of it was set in the shower. Like, I was kind of like, okay, is this a porn? Yeah, exactly. It's porn for teens. Oh, dear. Anywho. Anyway, that's coming later this year. We can wait for that one, I think. What's coming next week, February 27? Now, this is a long list. There's a lot to choose from, guys, in what's in cinemas Mm. 
this week. So we've got The Invisible Man, and that's a modernized thriller inspired by Universal's classic monster character. And that stars the always brilliant Elizabeth Moss as a woman stalked by her violent scientist ex. That looks really, really creepy, but Mm. I'm very intrigued to see it. We've also got Miss Fisher in The Crypt of Tears, starring Essie Davis, reprising her role of, how do you say this name? Miss Fisher, how do you say her first name? Fry. Maybe we'll, we'll just stick with Miss Fisher. Miss Fisher. <laughs> She's a Melbourne detective from the 1920s, and in this movie, after freeing a young girl in Jerusalem, she begins to unravel a mystery involving emeralds and ancient curses. Yeah, I think this looks like a lot of fun and definitely one for the fans. I think cinemas will set up a lot of chock tops this week when the, when the seniors mm-hmm. go check that one out. Uh, we've also got Les Miserables, the stage concert hitting a limited release of cinemas, and that's in celebration of Can You Believe It, the musical's 35th year on London's West End. Amazing. It absolutely blows my mind. It's a beautiful, incredible show, so that might be something to catch in cinemas. We've also got Motherless Brooklyn. Now, this has already been doing the festival circuit last year, so it's taken quite a while to come out, and there's been a lot of date changes. I'm not sure why, but... It's written and directed by Edward Norton, based on a novel, and it's set in 1950s Brooklyn about a lonely detective with Tourette's syndrome trying to solve the murder of his mentor. This is a classic Edward Norton film. Totally. He needs a character with some sort of nuance. He needs to write it. He needs to direct it. I don't really know what to expect from this film. Mm, I I was actually surprised to see this on the release schedule for this week because I thought it had come and gone and I missed it. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot and it has moved around a lot, but now it's finally, finally coming out. Finally here to catch. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've also got The Wishmas Tree, which is an Aussie animation about a young possum who wishes for a white Christmas but freezes her hometown of Sanctuary City. And it's the first in a series of Sanctuary City movies coming our way. Now, Lee... What's your opinion of a Christmas film coming out at the end of February? <laughs> it is a bit strange, but I'm I'm really encouraging of Australian films, especially animation, because we do mm. it quite well, but it's not a huge industry in Australia. Yeah. Uh, so this is really good, and I'm really excited to see some Australian characters, Australian animals in animation on screen. And I guess it's very timely at the moment because people are very worried about the state of Australian animals. But yeah, it is a bit strange having a Christmas movie in February. I'll allow it. Meth, yes, it's fine. We can just. (laughs) Does that mean I can start playing Buble's Christmas album again? (laughs) Sure. Great. Permission granted. Uh, We've also got Guns Akimbo, and that's out on Feb 28. And this follows a guy in a a dead end job played by Daniel Radcliffe, who I just love the projects he picks. And this gets caught, he gets caught up in a life or death game for the amusement of an online audience. And I think you've coined it as Scott Pilgrim meets Hunger Games with dark humour. So Mm. I think I'm so on board to catch this this week. I mean, in the trailer, we saw guns bolted to his hands. It's definitely going to be left of centre. That's very normal behaviour. <laughs> well, that's it for this week, guys. We had The Call of the Wild, which I absolutely loved. Please go and see it. And Richard Jewell, I mean, if, if you like true stories, this might interest you to delve deeper in something that you might be familiar with. But I think it wasn't particularly told in the best way, which is a shame. That's it for this week. We'll talk to you next week. Catch you next week. Thanks, guys. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.